In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. And Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas. You know, from our earliest childhoods, we've all looked forward to Christmas morning with varying levels of expectation and excitement. I bore witness to this as I saw a friend, a friend had posted a picture of her three children this week as they were getting ready to see Santa. A 10-year-old, a 5-year-old, and a 1-year-old. And their expressions ranged everything from mild anxiety to one who was just as happy to be there. And the 5-year-old was just grinning with wild abandon that it was Christmas time and she was going to see Santa. Now for me, it was, it was going to bed after putting out a snack for that anticipated visitor and then trying to fall asleep. Uh, then, sometime before dawn, I climbed it. My sisters and I got into the same bed trying to stay warm. And we were three little kids that were absolutely certain that the branches scraping on the siding of the house was actually reindeer hoofs lighting down on the roof. And the fact that we'd only recently moved into a new home with a fireplace served to ramp up our excitement. Uh, we didn't know how Santa got into the house before, but by goodness, we had a fireplace, and that's how he was going to get into the house. And when our parents' bedroom door clicked open, our feet hit the floor... And we were on our way down to the living room to take, to take in the gifts that were left by that visitor. Now in time, Robin and I would work on behalf of that visitor, and it would be our sons who were drinking in the wonder of Christmas morning. They would come into the living room as Rich Mullins was, was playing You Gotta Get Up to see all the presents around the tree. And in the midst of these presents around the tree, there were inevitably one or two of what we referred to as the big presents. Uh, something beyond merely the socks or sweats. And even in lean times, when, when I was a junior NCO, uh, when there wasn't a whole lot of money, even in times when we had what Robin and I called the Dollar Tree Christmas. Uh, we always, we'd always save to see that there was an extra special gift under the tree. And you know, it recently struck me that within the greater gifts of God's incarnation, God the Father placed a few big presents under our trees. And in the next few minutes, I'd invite you to consider some of those big presents under the tree. After we embrace the Almighty's call to a relationship, the trajectory of our lives, both temporal and eternal, was irrevocably altered. We weren't merely redeemed and rescued in order to be placed on a shelf until we were called home. Far from it. We were saved to be in communion with the Father and the Son and in fellowship with our brothers and sisters. So removing that gift wrap and opening the first big box, we see a label that the Father has given us, a seat at the table. What does a seat at the Father's table look like? Well, we can see it both in, through our spiritual ad adoption 
and our integration into the holy family of the Father. St. Paul described this adoption in his letter to the church at Rome, where he writes, For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we might be glorified with him. Now, I have personally only adopted four-legged fur kids, but everything I read and told of, of, of a true adoption it is a moment of joy for the family. But this joy may come with a level of stress. And for this reason, that adopted child must be fully integrated into the family as, as soon as possible. Uh, otherwise, the, the seeds of alienation will sprout and begin to grow. Now, our omniscient Lord knew this and moved quickly for our full integration. And St. Paul speaks about this again in his letter to the Ephesian church where he says, Therefore remember at one time you Gentiles in the flesh called the uncircumcision by what is called, what is called the circumcision, which was made in the flesh by hands. Remember that you were at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers to the covenant of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now, in, in Christ Jesus, you who were once afar off has been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility, abolishing the law and commandments as expressed in ordinances, that he might, for, he might create for himself one new man in the place of two. So making peace. Christ's propitiatory sacrifice, the agency of our redemption, was also the agency of our integration into the one family of God. Before the cross, we were just as Paul states, aliens and strangers. Even the most pious, God-fearing Gentile could only come so far, approach so far. It was in a sense that a spiritual Berlin-like wall kept us apart. Yet through Jesus, we've been brought near and now stand with Abraham's children. Now reaching over for the next big box under the tree, we see a gift tag on it that says, another comforter. Our Holy Father, understanding that these newly adopted children would need tutelage, to grow beyond spiritual infantry and on to the journey of sanctification, declared that his children would receive another comforter. And Jesus promised this comforter on the eve of his crucifixion, where he said, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, to be with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him or knows him. You know him, for he dwells within you, and he will be within you. I will not leave you as orphans. 
I will come to you. And Jesus further said in John's gospel, speaking of this other helper, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and bring you to remembrance all that I have said to you. Now this gift of the Holy Spirit, this gift of another comforter, enables us to walk faithfully in a world that's at best indifferent or at worst overtly hostile to God and his gospel. In this gift of the Holy Spirit, we have received comfort, correction, and equipping to allow us to walk in a God-pleasing manner while being salt and light in a dark and tasteless world. And this gift, like an artesian spring, bubbles up fresh daily. It wasn't like a canteen filled with a water buffalo where you got a canteen and it had to last. No, this Holy Spirit bubbles up within us daily with fresh water, equipping us for whatever we may encounter. Now, when you had big presents under the tree, I suspect that you were like me where you decided you were going to save the biggest and what you perceived to be the best for last. Well, that's what we did this morning. The Westminster Shorter Catechism would tell us that the chief end of humanity is to love God and to enjoy Him forever. It's for this reason that the gifts under the tree aren't simply for this life alone, but they are for life eternal and they have internal import. Enjoying God forever would indicate that we will be in his presence forever. That last gift will bring, us to, will bring this to reality. In order for us to truly enjoy the Father forever, the Son has prepared a place for us. And St. John speaks of this place again in his gospel. Where he says, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. For in my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would not have told you that I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself. That, you, that where I am, you may be also. From that first moment that our original parents fell into sin and separation, God the Father had already seen that moment where the children of his creation might be redeemed and regathered. And like the pearl of great price that Jesus spoke of in the parable, God the Father took his very best, giving his only son that whosoever believed in him might not perish, perish rather, but obtain forgiveness and eternal life in his presence. So, we consider this Christmas, Christmas 2020. This Christmas season might be somewhat muted in comparison to some past years, but perhaps, perhaps in this muted season of the nativity, we have been given the opportunity to consider the season afresh. In giving us his son, the Father has given us Christmas, along with the gifts that are for our good and his glory.
In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.